to uh, your bishop, uh, Pastor Brian Renee Matthews, and uh, most of all, let's give honor to Jesus Christ. Come on, let's lift up the name of the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. You got a tumor, but you have breath. You might be missing a leg, but you have breath. You may have lost a husband, but you have breath. Your house might have been repossessed, but you have breath. Come on, you might have lost a job, but you have breath. Let everything that has breath. I can't go, I can go a little bit without food and water, but I can't go a minute without hope. Come on, just magnify the Lord 30 more seconds right now. Let your breath out. Come on, let your breath out. Let your breath out. Breathe on us. You see, God spoke everything into existence, but he breathed you into existence. He said, let there be light. He didn't say, let there be man. He said, let there be animals. He didn't let, say, let there be woman. He said, let there be vegetation. Let there be grass. That's why when you mow your grass, you got to mow it again because God said, let there be. It comes back. When it came to man, he hewned us out of the dirt. Look at all our skin colors. Look at all the dirt colors. We came out of the dirt. Then he looked down on us and breathed his breath into us. Then he commanded, let everything that hath breath, not the whale, not the monkey, not the dog, let everything that hath breath, meaning my spirit, praise ye the Lord. Wow. Man, so when you have opportunity to praise You let the breath God has given you, in essence, you're giving him a tithe of what he put in you. You're giving back to God what he gave only to us. Oh, hallelujah. God is so good. We just had church. We can go eat. Simple but powerful. Touch your neighbor and say, you're about to be really blessed today. You're about to find out something about you that you have forgotten. I feel the Lord in this place. Mm -hmm. Lord, I ask you just to touch us. Breathe your breath upon us. Mm. Lord, and I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. Lord, let it never be taken for granted opportunity to do what you've called humanity to do. Lord, we call every mind into alertness, every spirit to be alive and every pain and ache and every physical ailment to be arrested at this moment so that we can hear, receive, and do your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew 5. It's a joy to see some of you. Some of you we've been in the Dominican Republic with. Some of you we've been to Honduras with a few weeks ago. Uh, Your bishop was preaching a great crusade. I mean, the stage 
was bigger than any stage I've seen here in America. It was a huge stage. So somebody gave it to the minister there. The stage itself was like a $180,000 gift. It had to lie. I mean, stuff that would make you salivate here in America. We're out in the middle of nowhere, Timbuktu, man. I mean, literally in a field, thousands of people there. And Bishop is preaching, and dude comes up smoking a big old joint right in front of the stage with a marijuana tree sticking out of his shorts, just going around. But you know what? Hundreds and hundreds of people came to the altar that night. What the enemy tried to distract, God ended up multiplying blessing and blessing and blessing. So you think you had a distraction, somebody getting a phone call in service? Try to have somebody dancing in front of your pulpit, smoking a joint while you're preaching. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Now, let's get into the Bible. I had to let them know that, Bishop. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Hallelujah. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, if you would, for stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to get into God's Word very powerfully. This is a brief message. It will not take me long, but it will be powerful. For the Word of God is quick and powerful. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, if you're there, say amen. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It, meaning the earth. It is then the salt now is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of mankind. Father, we ask you to bless the reading and hearing and performing of your word. Holy Spirit, we ask you to walk among the pews and aisles of this sanctuary and to fall upon, encapsulate, arrest, and touch every person that is ready to receive. Jesus, we ask simply for your help to make your word come alive. Amen. You may be seated. For Jesus said here, these are the words of God in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. And Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its flavor, its ability to be what it is created to be, then it is of a worthless value. It has a worthless nature and is good for nothing but to be trampled under the feet of humanity. See, a lot of people think, oh, I'm a pastor, oh, I'm an evangelist, or oh, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm an athlete. Really, when it comes down to what you are and who you are, no matter what's your name, young man, Jordan, whatever you do in life, you'll always be a piece of salt. You'll always be a salt in the eyes of God. You may become a doctor or become president. No matter what title we give ourselves, what education we arrive at, when we get to the very root of what we are, we are nothing more than salt. Would you touch your neighbor and say, I want you to be salty. Now, when we look at salt, some of you just thought that was a bad thing. I said, because the world has taken that salty language and made it bad. But I want you to know salt is a good thing. You see, Jesus said, be salt. That is not just a mineral. That is not just a a piece of, of rock or whatever we can use for our food. But salt has a lot of meaning. And when Jesus calls you something, it's always going to be a good thing. Can somebody say amen? So when we look up what 
salt is. Salt is a seasoning element. It brings the flavor and zest out of our food. So when Jesus said for us to be the salt of the world, we're to be the flavor of the world, the zest of the world, the life of the world. We're not to be the frozen chosen. We're not to be sticks in the mud. We are to be the flavor of humanity. Another thing that salt does, salt creates thirst and makes you thirst. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. When we are the salt of the world, we make people hunger and thirst after God. We don't chase them out of church. We don't chase them from God. We don't kick them when they're down, hurt them when they're wounded. We make them thirsty for God. Have you ever had Papa John's late at night and about 3 o'clock in the morning you're dying of thirst because the salt in the crust and the salt that in the elements of that pizza well when you are the salt of the world you make people thirsty for God Jesus said you are the salt of the world Salt is a preservative. In the old days, before refrigeration, and I know my great-grandparents lived on the mountains in Virginia, and their refrigerator was a wooden and a brick shack made out of rocks and wood made on the side of the creek, and they diverted water through it. And when you wanted to keep the milk or the vegetables or fruit cool, you would put it out there in the water house, and the creek would cool the rock, and the rock would cool the meat. But if you didn't put salt on that meat, it would rot and decay. And so as we are the salt of the earth, we are the preserving agent of the earth. We are to preserve the world, preserve humanity for the coming of Jesus Christ. See, when you're salt, you are powerful. Glory be to God. Salt is an antiseptic. It is a healing agent. If you have a wound, you can put salt on it. And salt will eat out the bad things in the wound and dry the wound up and begin to heal the wound. And so Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are to preserve the earth. You are to be the flavor of the earth. You are to help heal the wounded and heal the brokenhearted. You're not here to make their life worse. You are here to make their life better. Can somebody shout amen? Salt has high value in society. The old timers used to say when they would work, and I grew up working on a farm and baling hay off the wagon, then on the wagon and in the stacks with the pitchfork, and we would work, and sometimes you would hear people say this, that feller isn't worth his salt. Why? Because salt has value. Salt is a medicinal thing. Salt is a preserving thing. Salt is a flavorful thing. And if somebody doesn't work hard, they say, well, that person isn't worth salt. So salt has value. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm very valuable because I'm, I'm salty. Glory be to God. <clears throat> now let's look at this. Salt is used in the making of cleaning agents. It's actually an ingredient when you make soap from what I've heard. And so as we are the salt of the earth, we preserve the earth and we also help clean what is dirty. We are to be like Jesus was on earth to help the hurting, to heal the sick, to preserve humanity for the coming of Jesus Christ. We are the salt of the earth. Salt also in the Dead Sea and in the oceans, salt makes things float. It is a weighty uh, material 
material that when there's a bunch of it together, even in water, you can go to the ocean and lay on your black back and float easier than in a lake because there's salt there. Salt is there to carry the weight and help bear the burden. So as we are the salt of the world, we are to bear one another's burdens. We are to help one another when we're hurting. We're not to kick each other when we're down and cast one another out when we've been uh, hurt. We are here to be weighty and to carry one another. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm here for you. Salt is an agent that is used in chemicals to put out fires. The fires of gossip, the fires of discord, the fires of division. When you are the salt of the earth, when you are the salt of the tabernacle of praise, and you hear a discouraging word about somebody in your church, about your church, about your community, about your pastors, and you are the agent of salt on the earth, you go in there and sprinkle yourself on that situation. You don't add to the fire of gossip and add to the fire of division. You come in as an agent of salt and you put out the fire can somebody say amen salt is also an agent that puts out fires but salt is an agent that can melt ice glory be to God there's a deeper meaning when Jesus called us salty to be the salt of the world when you come up on somebody with a frozen heart and a coldness about their life maybe they've been lonely or suicidal and you come in as an agent of salt and I come in and get next to my brother whatever's hindering him whatever's freezing him over whatever's hardening his heart the salt that I am will begin to melt it, begin to heal it, begin to cleanse it. Glory be to God. For Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth. You never knew there was so much about salt. Salt is essential to the human body. Glory be to God. And we are the body of Christ. And so salt is essential to holding our body together in the way God created it. So as we are the salt of the earth, it symbolizes we are the unity of the earth. Salt brings unity to the body. We need to be in unity with one another. How can two walk together unless they agree? How pleasant it is when my brethren dwell together in unity. When we are salt, we dwell together in unity. Salt must be clean to be used. When we're in the Dominican, and some of you have seen the salt mines at, 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 uh, at Monte Cristi and where they make salt and it goes to a lot of the restaurants here, that salt comes in dirty, then it gets clean, and then it gets shipped, and we are the salt of the earth. And before God uses us, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of counseling can do it. Come on, somebody reading a book can do it. But what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. So before God uses us as salt, he cleanses us so that we have more value to the earth. Can somebody say amen? In older cultures and even in the third world today, and especially over in the Middle East, communities were built around salt mines. Because salt mines had great value. You could use it for medicine. You could use it for soap. You could use it for food. You could use it to buy, sell, and trade. And so in the old days, salt mines had great value and communities would raise up around the salt mine because it was valuable. But let me tell you this. The Tabernacle of Praise is a beautiful multi-million dollar church on a hill for the city to see. But in the eyes of God, this is a salt mine. Glory be to God. It's a salt mine. It's valuable to Milton. It's valuable to Huntington. It's 
It's valuable to Hurricane. It's valuable to Charleston. God will send people to flock around it because they know here their burden can be carried. Their heart can be healed. Their loneliness can be captured. Glory be to God. They know that around the salt mine, they're safe. They can be cleansed and healed and delivered. So don't think too highly of yourself. Don't get on a pedestal of perfection. Understand that we are nothing more than salt. Wow. Salt for Milton. Salt for Hurricane. Salt for Huntington. Salt for Honduras. Salt when I go to Cuba. My name might be Randall and I might be a pastor, but in the eyes of Jesus Christ, he said, Randall, you are the salt of the earth and I'm no different than you. I might be here with a microphone a few decades older than you, but we are the same in the eyes of God. You're salt and I'm salt. You're to bear burdens, I'm to bear burdens. You're to heal and I'm to heal. You're to cleanse and I'm to cleanse. We don't just have preachers doing it. We are all the salt of the earth. Touch your neighbor and say, I need to shake my salt on this community. Now look, Jesus goes on to say further in this scripture here. Let me get a sip of water. I haven't preached back to back in a few months. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. That's humanity. How much of humanity do you reach? Or do we stay in the four walls of our churches, the four walls of our house, the four walls of our ministries within the ministry? And how often do we really go out to the earth and shake our salt? I mean, we shake it in our little prayer meetings. We shake it in our church services. And I'm just as guilty and all that. But how often do we hit the streets and let our salt rain out in the community? How often do we go out to the center and be the salt that they need us to be? It's easy to be salt around other salt. But how about being salt around some pepper shakers? Come on, somebody say, man, I ain't talking about black, white, Hispanic, Chinese, Japanese. I'm talking about salt is totally opposite of pepper. So you might not have ever drank, but you can go reach an alcoholic. You might not have ever, ever been a prostitute, but you can go and reach them because you're salt. You might not have ever struggled with depression, but you are the salt of the world. So you can go sit by somebody depressed right now this morning. You could be sitting by somebody that needs you to be salt. You could be melting away their thought of suicide, melting away their thought of loneliness from having a marriage that has failed and if you'll just be salt you can change them they'll leave and think Bishop or Randall preached a good message and they got no ideas because you sat beside them or you would be all grumpy and sit beside them and Bishop keep preach a good message and they'll never know it because that grumpy spirit got them come on somebody say amen now look what it says you are the salt the earth But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? How shall it be seasonable? How shall the world be preserved? The salt is then good for nothing. Now, how many know salt is sensitive to the atmosphere? You go to restaurants that have outdoor patios, they put rice in the salt because the salt will absorb the atmosphere and make the salt no good. Jesus is preaching to you right here without really stepping on your toes. If we are salt and we expose ourselves too much to outside influences, our salt loses its flavor. The world cannot be preserved. The coming of Jesus is thus delayed. And it all started with three or four people deciding I'm going to let my salt be compromised by what's going on around me. What you listen to. 
Worship is so important because worship calls on the presence of God. Secular music calls in the presence of lust, desire, sex, drugs, all that. And so what you listen to will either build your salt or diminish your salt. Come on, somebody say amen. When you worship, it calls in the presence of the Lord. But when you do that other, it calls in all these other presence. So what we got to do is we got to let our salt not be affected by the outside atmosphere. We've got to let our salt stay seasonable so that we can be that thing that holds up the weight of others. We can be a preserving, healing, cleansing agent to this world. Come on. We don't want to be a salt shaker and somebody needs it and we bang it and no salt will come out because it's clumped together because it's been defiled by outside influences. Then Jesus goes on to say, you are the light of the world. You're salt and light. We sang about it a few moments ago. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but you put a candle on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see the good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How many times have we got out in our culture and we diminished our light? You're either a bright light, a dim light, or a burnout light. How many times have we gone out in our culture and acted like the culture instead of acting like Christ? How many times have we had a bright light on Sunday and then dim the light on Monday and by Wednesday turn the light completely off? How many times have we had on our Christian t-shirt and then we about to go in the ABC store or the rated R movie and realize, wait a minute, I got to do something with this light before I go in there or somebody will see. How many times should we have prayed for our spouse when we yelled at our spouse? How many times should we have prayed for our children when we assaulted them verbally with our word? We had a chance to be light and salt, but we compromised the light of Jesus Christ. You are the light of the world. Peter and John came upon a man at the gate called Beautiful. The man was sitting there at the temple as was the custom. They were going in, I believe it says, the third or the sixth hour of the day. All kind of people were going in and out, and this beggar had been there for years and never received what he needed. Peter and John stopped at that beggar and said, Silver and gold we do not have. But they boldly declared, uh, Richard, look at us. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look at us. I thought it was look at Jesus. It is. But if Jesus is in you, you got to have the guts to tell somebody, go ahead and look. In here's the incorruptible, undeniable seed of God. In here's the kingdom of God. I don't have money to give you, but I got light to give you. Without a vision, men perish, so he had to look on them. Then he had to hear what they had to say. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. He had to get vision. He had to get hearing. And in a moment's time, he went from lame to leaping, all because somebody said, look at me, burn. What if we just burned in our culture? 
What if we just let our light shine at work? Let our light shine at the restaurant? Let our light shine at Walmart? I went out last night at 11 or 10.30 to Walmart, and I got some things I'm going to show you, and somebody asked me what I was getting them for, and I said, I'm going to preach in the morning, and this is going to be used for the glory of God. I could have said I'm going camping or not talked about it, but I had opportunity to let my light shine. What if we burn for Jesus Christ? That song we teach our kids irritates me. This little light of mine. Little light, no. That's telling them that Jesus is little and the light is easily distinguished, uh, uh, whatever, uh, put out. I would teach them this big light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This big light of mine. I'm going to let it shine because Jesus is big and my light isn't easy to put out. And I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. How many times do we go in the world and we compromise what we believe to make them feel comfortable with what they believe? I'm done with that, tired of that. I'm going into the world and they're going to compromise what they believe and so that they can turn to what I believe. I'm not listening to their junk. We had a prayer meeting in our backyard. We brought in a sound system and cranked up the worship so loud. My neighbor always has beer parties and cranks up his music, and I got to listen to that. So we had 20-some people in our backyard praying in the Holy Ghost, had worship blasting. I don't care if they called anybody. A cop lives two doors up. If I got to listen to their secular music, then bless God, I'm not going to be ashamed of my Jesus music. Come on, somebody say amen. Why would I be ashamed to pray outside? Why would I be ashamed to listen to my Christian music around my friends at work? Why would I be ashamed? Because my light is shining. I can't hide it when I want to hide it or turn it out when I want to turn it out. We must be salt and we must be light. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Brother Jordan, can you come up here? You got a bright shirt on. My friend from Dominican, I can't remember your name. Can you come up here? Call all the way up on the stage. Can you come up in the green shirt? And then you in the, right here on the front. Yeah, you too, the girl and the boy. Yeah. Y'all just staying right across here. Now, I have some things I bought at Walmart. I'm going to let my light shine for a little bit. Okay? Got my lights on. What if we really, man, this one giving me fits in the first service too. Can you push on that baby and then throw it back to me? Sorry. Down now. I'm going to give you guys something. Don't do anything with it. That one's already on. I'm going to give you a little illustration. I think it might be under the bottom for some reason. Now, how many of you have ever been shaken by the enemy? Come, don't get quiet because I'm handing things out. How many have ever been shaken by the enemy? How many has the enemy ever huffed and puffed and tried to blow your house down? Come on, somebody. How many of you has all hell's ever come against you? How many have ever been broken? You've been through, you're like, Pastor Randall, I, I can't do anything. I've been through something you just don't understand. I, I've been through a divorce. I've been through cancer. I've been through depression. I, I tried to attempt suicide. I'm not, I'm not worthy to be used. My light isn't bright enough. What if we went out like this and everybody knew, my God, there's another one. My God, there's another one. My God, there's another one. Uh-oh. 
oh, there's another one because our light is shining and it is bright. I remember being in Cuba years ago and we got thrown out of the house we were staying in and we had to walk the street. We had nowhere to stay and we were walking down the street and we found a little girl about eight years old and we could see her eyes were different than a communist eyes. Her face was shining brighter than the other communist faces and we went to her and asked her, do you know Jesus Christ? And she lit up. We could see it in her eyes. She took us to her pastor and for 10 years we built churches in Cuba all because one eight-year-old girl let her light shine. Glory be to God. What if we just let our light shine and they either get convicted or they, they, they conform. Glory be to God. But we're not afraid to let our light shine. Now you might say, I've been shaking. Go ahead and shake your thing up. You might have been through something. Now go ahead and break it. It might feel like the enemy broke you. Now shake it some more. Now look, the enemy shook him, and the enemy shook him, and the enemy broke him. Go ahead and hold it up now. Let's stop shaking it. But he shook him, and it broke him, and what was on the inside was the light of Jesus. So the enemy thought, I can shake him, and I can break him, but if you got the incorruptible seed on the inside, he can shake, and he can break, but you can still shine. Go ahead and shake yours and break it. Shake yours and break it. You've been through some stuff. Then break it, and then shake it some more. Keep on shaking it after you break it. That's it. That's hard to mind this too. These little ones are hard. There we go. Come on, you big. There you go. Now shake it up. Now hold it up. Anyway, turn these lights off up here on the house. Or does it take too long? You don't have to. Now look at that. Shake it a little bit. Get it brighter. Now look. The enemy thought he had you in a dark place. The enemy thought he had you when your husband or wife walked out on you. He thought he had you when he got you in sin. He thought he had you when you slipped up on meth. Thought he had you when you was a drug dealer in your 20s, but now you're fired up and you're a Jesus dealer now. All he did was shake you. All he did was break you. And what came out was the light of Jesus Christ. He can huff and puff and shake and break, but Jesus is in you. He's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. No height, nor depth, nor principality, nor power, nor high thing, nor deep thing, nor thing in the present, or thing in the past, nor angel, nor any created thing can separate you from the love of God. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Turn those lights back on if you would. I got a few of these. Yeah, I want you to shake them. Anybody want some, you just come up here and grab a few for the illustration. There's about seven up here if you guys want it. You guys can be seated. Let's give them a hand. You want any? Go ahead and get them. Shake them and break them. I'm going to leave my little ring on. Maybe you should go to Walmart and get you one. And wear that thing around to remind you that, hey, I need to be more light. See, we get out in the world and we compromise a little bit. I don't know. I'm not going to read my Bible here. And we let outside influences get on our saltiness. And then before we know it, we don't want to pray. Before we know it, we really don't want to go to church. Before we know it, we don't know if we want to be in ministry or not. All because little by little we let the atmosphere of the world get on our saltiness and gum up our salt shaker. We begin to listen to the wrong thing, watch the wrong thing, participate in the wrong thing. And before you know it, we try to be salt and all of a sudden it doesn't affect anybody, doesn't touch anybody. And then we say, God, why have you forsaken me? And God didn't do anything. Come on, somebody say amen. We just simply got exposed to too much of what we shouldn't have got exposed to. Amen.
Now, what if we just let our light shine? You don't have to preach. Just let your light shine. Let them see it in your eyes. There's a song, he's got fire in his eyes. Well, if he does, why don't we? Why are we going to wait till he comes for everybody to see the fire? He's in you, so the fire should be in you. Yes? As they say in Latin America, fuego, baby, fuego. Fire. What if you just go out and you go around your family today and you don't want to really be around them and you just decide to be the fire of God? You're just happy. You're just burning with the fire of God. You're not preaching at them. You're not telling them they're a sinner. You're not confronting their situation. You're just simply the fire of God. You're simply a light on a hill. You've been through it and they know you've been through it, but you don't ever quit. They know you've been through more junk than they've been through, but somehow you're still standing. Somehow you're still bright as the noonday sun. They know you should have gave up, but your light is still shining. And if you just keep shining and you keep shining and you keep shining you'll melt their heart you'll help cleanse their life you'll bear up their birth they used to talk about you and now they'll run with you glory be to God we just need to let our light shine you know we get out in the world I'm going to close right here blessed are the short-winded they shall be invited back you get out in the world police officers Love police officers. I used to work the Department of Energy and the Federal Security Force. We wore a badge and a name. We represented who we were. No doubt. I was in the 229th Light Infantry. We had our patch. Represented who we were. No doubt about it. Yeah? Proud of it. You're going to mess with me? You're going to mess with all my crew. Because we're one. We're brothers. You go to work at Service Pro, they come out wearing the same uniform. Go to UPS, they wear the browns. You know who they are. You get in the body in Christ, you don't know who's saved and who's not saved. You have no idea. People say they're saved, but Jesus said, not all who said, Lord, Lord, will be with me that day. Because if your light ain't shining, you're not saved, period. Come on now. You go out in the world and everybody identifies. This is whatever day. We all know it. Take the rainbow God gave Noah and turn it into a sign of homosexuality. The rainbow is a sign of deliverance and the faithfulness of God. It is not the sign of two men lying together in sexual intercourse. It is the sign of God. But we let it be taken because nobody knows who we are. Nobody believes who we are because we're all divided with this division and that division and the halfway saved and the all the way saved. We just need to let our light shine. we have to do is be what Jesus said salt and light didn't necessarily say everybody needs to be a preacher everybody needs to be an evangelist didn't say everybody needs to go on a mission trip just said everybody needs to be salt and light whoo what if we were all just salt and light bishop there'd probably be no need for mission trips because salt and light be everywhere we wouldn't have to go find salt mines where salt mines already exist and people are living on them, don't even know the power of God's right there until you go show it to them. If everybody was salt and light, we wouldn't need any of that. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were all just salt and light? How many would say, huh, Randall, I've kind of let my salt lose its flavor. And I don't know if I'm shining as bright as that ring that's annoying me. I kind of go to work and people really don't know I'm saved. 
because I do what they do, listen to what they listen to. Hey, if they listen to their junk at their desk all day, put on your Hillsong United or Clint Brown and listen to that all day. If they say anything, then you just, you just deal with it. Because that sex and drugs and drinking offends me more than you need Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. What if we just let our light shine? My wife's a teacher. She plays praise and worship in her classroom. Teachers tell her these kids are problem children. These are, they're not problem children in her classroom because she has praise and worship going in the background. It diminishes the evil spirits. Hello? Keep that going. It'll change the atmosphere, and what's around you is what you become. The atmosphere, come on, creates the culture. Glory be to God. How many would say, you know, I need to work on my saltiness in a good way? Would you raise your hand and say, I need to work on my saltiness? Would you say, I need to work on my light? Like, you know, you got new lights in here, and they're bright and awesome. And, you know, a lot of us are like the old incandescent or whatever them light bulbs. They burn out quick. We need to be like these LED lights. Man, they just burn. 50,000 times longer than a light bulb. Keep on burning. You can leave them on for 20 years. That light there would probably still be on in 20 years from now with the technology that's in it without ever turning it off. You know what affects light? Just like your phone more than anything, turn it on and off too much. You know what does more damage to them little light bulbs where the, the, the electricity hits on it? It's too much turning them on and off because that's where the power source is and it diminishes it every time. You know what affects us more than anything? Every time we turn Jesus on and off. It has catastrophic effects on our life. Yeah. This big light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Just let the light of God shine in you. If you're going to see your grandkids today, let the light of shine. Let the light of God shine. If you're going to see your children today, let the light of God shine. If you're going to see your husband or wife today, let the light of God shine to them. You could be the only difference between their eternity their depression and their deliverance, their healing and their sickness, carrying their burden or making their burden worse, you could be the only difference if you just be salt. Let's stand on our feet. Is this all right?